I just want to start off by saying thank you uh, for taking the time out to do this interview with me. No problem. Um, You're welcome. So we're just going to go ahead and uh, jump right into it. You've been in music for over 20 years now, um, and you've seen a lot of things obviously shifting and changing with the industry. Um, you've got a, quite a few projects under your belt. But if we could go back uh, for a minute to young Marsha um, attending uh, the Brit School and everything like that, um, how did that help prepare you, or do you feel like, or uh, what do you think helped you from that school prepare you for the things that were to come in the future? Well, initially, my um, goal there was to kind of have an all-round experience of it, and that came by ways of me majoring in business and finance, but on the side, getting to do, you know, performance art and um, really, really kind of homing in on what I thought I wanted out of this. I didn't set out to be an artist initially. I just knew I wanted to be a part of music somehow, and the music is what came easy. I don't think I needed the school for that part. I needed the school to figure out how to navigate my way around right. what would make it my business to do that. So I think it definitely gave me a great um, perspective on that, but, you know, it doesn't teach you how you know, not everybody plays by the rules, so you can learn every law that you want, and you can learn how the business works. It's just not everybody works with great business ethics. So having got out of school um, early and realizing that early on, I still had to, to work extremely hard to kind of figure out uh, what I wanted out of everything. And um, thankfully, 20 years later, I can say, I can safely say, I, I I didn't get so damaged during that period of time that I still don't love it now. Like the ups and the downs, that's just business. Yeah. And um, I'm thankful that I concentrated on that um, first and foremost. Awesome. So at what point did you know that singing and songwriting was really going to be your thing? Um, that was by ways of an accident. I... Um, stumbled upon that by ways of a basketball injury, basketball being my first love. And I tore ligaments and leaned on my composition book for inspiration because I had nothing to do except for 
doodle and sketch and yeah. and write down my feelings and emotions, which turns into poetry, which then turned into melodies and songs. So having a full book, you know, by the end of my six six month physical therapy uh, wow. rehab into getting back to basketball, I had a song book full of well, a composition book full of songs that. I now grew attached to in a different way and realized that, okay, if I, if I got an injury, I could still do music. Right. So I think it became a safer route for me, mm. even though I, I had no idea how hard it was going to be, but I knew <laughs> that once I could navigate my, my skill set to that being injured, it was not like basketball. Once I had an injury, I couldn't play. Yeah. I couldn't pick up the ball. I couldn't get on the court, but with music, there were still other ways for me to to find my passion within it. I didn't have to stand up on stage. I could sit down in the studio and write and produce and, right. and record. So it, um, music happened by accident. Interesting. Okay, so transitioning from uh, basketball to poetry to music, what... I guess what things were happening that continued to nudge you in that direction? Um, Opportunity. I did a couple of talent shows. I got a recording deal at the time with a song called Is This Real that I was backing and singing on when I was about 17 or 18 years old. And, you know, in the UK, there was only so many few avenues for black girls at right. that time. And having done a radio circuit and had a top five hit at the time when I was that young, I didn't know where I was going with that. And management at the time, not being able to push me over the top of where I could have taken me at that time, I kind of got disheartened a little bit regarding the industry and how it treats women and, and black girls at that time, particularly in the, in the UK. And I took a step back, decided to write, produce a little bit more. And I composed a song called Fantasize, for which I knew that um, someone I'd gone to school with, it turned out to be Matthew Stewart, she was doing poetry at the time. I said, put some poems on this song that I had at that first poetry. We weren't even called poetry back then. We were just two people that knew each other called Nat and Marsh when we got on stage. Yeah. And we got a free trip to America to do an open mic and we never really looked back. That's kind of how the snowball effect of everything happening kind of happened. You know? Right. We never turned around. It was okay, another open mic, let's go. <laughs> do it last time. Right there, free flight to Chile, let's do it there. And before you know, we have a demo, it's yeah. real, it's fluorescent is happening, and <laughs> it's 2019 now. Wow, <laughs> so, wow. And yeah. even th- that opportunity coming to America, um, you eventually go to work at uh, touch work with the, the Touch of Jazz uh, studio and everything. What do you feel actually, because pre- not too long after that, you have an, an opportunity to work with Michael Jackson. What do you feel you were able to do to even prepare for that? Did you feel prepared going into that opportunity? I've been, like I said, just even if it was because of basketball. And prior to that, my dad was in a funk band in the 70s. So I've been surrounded by music my entire life. I've illustrated on the cover art for 
you know, the new album Violet, I got bass in the background with the Marshall and speaker in the back and the vinyl everywhere. It's wow. been there for me and with me for so long that sonically I'm able to identify any sample before I even record it. I'm like, I know this song. I know that hook. Yeah. I know that melody. I know that chord. It's just something that had been in me. So it was easily... Um, easily used um to to make out make make it a career for me because it was a natural progression i just knew what to do so this is by no means me even bragging like oh yeah and then i could tell my jackson what to do Something <laughs> crazy for that <laughs> like, i wrote butterflies as a 16 17 year old about a boy that i had a crush on the west mcdonald's so the song was never associated with michael jackson until I get to Philadelphia in the year 2000. I hook up with the, the producer, um, Andre Harris, that I loved because of what he did on Jill Scott's first album. I was like, oh my God, you did Lost Walk in the way. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I wanted to use what I could hear in my head and partner with him on what I could hear Butterflies to be. So once the demo was done and Michael Jackson hears it because of the demo that we submitted to the same label, it's it the rest is kind of history it was like okay mike wants to use the record go to new york and you're telling him what to do for, for two weeks and it's wow me at 23 years old telling michael jackson what to do <laughs> and it's uh it's surreal to even play back in my head that that's what was happening yeah um but for a young black girl from liverpool england to have done that it um it's uh it's amazing indeed. and i'm glad to be here indeed so fast forwarding um quite a bit you know you mentioned about opportunities that wouldn't or wouldn't have been normal for young black girls and now you have a daughter of your own um how do you feel that the industry or that things are changing uh, for her to be able to have certain opportunities herself uh the world is a lot more accessible. You know, you could travel the world just on your laptop or your, your smartphone or tablet, like whatever it is. We didn't have that growing up. We had get outside, right. roll around in some grass, go jump rope, go <laughs> kick the ball, go shoot the poop. And that's the difference, I feel like, um, for my daughter being able to, to do more because of the advancement in, in technology and everything being so accessible, but it also means that I have to protect it so much more because yeah. by clicking a button, anything is available. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, back in the day, it was sneaking to go read a book or a magazine or pop in a VHS tape. Like, it wasn't immediate. Like, right. your, your schemes were hours long. <laughs> like, our kids' schemes of today are a click of a button. I feel like that's the only difference. And I'm just nurturing her in ways that are encouraging still the same upbringing that I had. It's having access to all the music. It's, it's playing outside. It's, 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 it's feeling that you're way around the world with tangible things, not clicks of buttons and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm protecting it as much as I, I possibly can. Understood. Understood. Now, um, even, I guess kind of piggybacking off of that and noticing the changes in technology and how it's affecting the industry with streaming and all of that. Obviously that was not um, 
is not the same as it was when you were first coming into music, but how are you able to uh, kind of shift with each transition as, as things are happening like that? Well, I'm thankful to be independent. So with a stream, that, that middleman or whatever the percentages that you have to cut up aren't, aren't hitting me as much as they would hit someone else in another position. I feel like I remember when going into Tower Records and buying something new just because it was Tuesday or right. Friday, whatever the days were with a release date, you would just pick it up because you hadn't heard it yet. You were excited about seeing the name of your favorite artist and, and never even having an inkling as to what a tribal track was because you didn't have Twitter to tell you. Yeah. Or no one was reading a newspaper saying, here's the track. Like, you just went because you were in love with and passionate about the music. So with streaming, I remember going to iTunes for the first time and clicking on pay 99 cents or pay 9.99 right. for these titles. And when one stream like if you listen to my song i remember when this used to cost you 99 cents just to listen to it and everyone's bragging about oh my stuff has been you know streamed a billion times i thought well, i hope you're a billionaire because <laughs> so i'm trying to figure out where that doesn't translate for the artist because it used to without that part even existing so it's like having a still maintaining your credibility as writers and producers and trying to yeah. fight for what you're writing all of it is because yeah. it wasn't so far long ago where that thing cost somebody a dollar. I lost a dollar. Right, right. I mean, the dollar is now going somewhere else, so it clearly is a dollar to somebody else. Yeah. But it's point zero 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 seven to you, <laughs> you know? So it's a, it's a big difference as far as that's concerned but fortunately I'm I'm able to control uh, a portion of my catalog and being independent, being able to kind of uh, Understood. have something to my advantage. Yeah. yeah. Can you speak more about uh, the importance um, or th- you making the decision to go independent because you haven't always been um, in that position and so as you're seeing things oh, change. Oh no. <laughs> I, was, I was locked into a contract for sure. Yeah. And um, I'm not I wanted the major label attentiveness and mm-hmm. that schedule and that push and what came with that. But once established and the things that I wanted to enjoy out of life became more important than my career, I knew I had to take the control back. Yeah. So once I did, I was able to do me 100%. It wasn't about you know, well, let's have this radio record. A radio record is the song that sounds like everybody else. So it's the same tempo, same key, same mm-hmm. cadence. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, it's a hit. I'm like, it's not necessarily a hit. It just sounds like everything that hit prior to, and I hope it worked out for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's okay, too. I just wanted to always make music. I don't think we were writing. I don't think Dre and Andre Harris and myself were in the studio like, oh, say yes, yeah, this is a hit. Or, like, I don't... I don't think we initially went into music for that. Even when I did my first record, Is This Real? I said, I love this hip hop music. I didn't think it was a, a hit. I just knew it was a good song. So it's kind of taking the power back in that regard and being able to deliver just good music to your core fan base. And hopefully it reaches just that bit, that bit much more. But for me, I'm, I'm all about integrity and 
just making the music that I feel from my heart. Understood. Can you speak a little to now, I mean, um, being married, having a child, and um, obviously still being passionate about the music and everything, how do you find the the balance between it all, and, and, and how does it continue to work? How have those things changed since, um, I mean, now that you're independent and you can put other things um, into focus the way you choose to, what does the balance of that look like? This is for every mother that ever had a job and ever had a baby and had to go back to work. It's the same. Yeah. I've I've always had my own time. I've always been um, independent as far as how I wanted to work. So then navigating around having my husband as a support system, mm-hmm. my daughter that we're both there for, um, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's done. Yeah. And I think as as women, that's what we do. We get it done. That's with sleepless nights. That's with, you know, baby crying in the background, having to console her and getting on stage five minutes later. Yeah. Still worried, yeah. thinking in your head, is she okay? Is she okay? She's okay. She's okay. She's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still having to do my job because that's the job portion of it all. But I'm still very much just Nyla's mother. Right. I think on stage, people get to see a, a side of me now that um, transcends being Jeff Marshall, the artist. It's like, wow, I'm looking at Nyla's mother get down and really get the business. And <laughs> after the show, she's going to go feed the baby and, you know, watch Moana and Coco for the, the length time and sing it word for word and get back on the tour bus and wake up in another city and do it all over again. But that feels natural to me. Yeah. That's not something that I was ever afraid of going back into. I found out I was pregnant one week into the tour. Once I finished that tour, after a month and morning sickness subsides, I did a whole musical up until my eighth month of pregnancy. Had her in December, and I was back on tour with Eric Grenade the following March. She was three months old on the tour bus with us. We had a great time. Came home, chilled, did spot dates everywhere, and then... Before I know it, I look up and she's one and we're going back on the road. Now she's two and we're back on the road and it's, it's just work. Yeah. And I've, I've blinked and he's speaking about Brit school. My nephew goes to that same school now, about to be 15. And wow. it's incredible that all that time having passed and I remember being 15, 16, about to start that school. And it feels like yesterday to me, and I'm watching my nephew excel and be great at the same space that kind of set me up for what I wanted to do ultimately in my life. And I'm definitely thinking as a parent first about everything, yeah. <laughs> like for everybody. Like I care about everyone and everything as a mother now. I think that's the, the ultimate difference. Yeah, yeah. Um and speaking of your your care and, and being passionate, um, what what keeps you going? I mean, because obviously just with any career in any industry, there's ups, there's downs, um, you know, obstacles come and everything like that. But how are you able to wake up and say, I'm still enjoying every moment of this regardless? I truly believe God gave me a gift and whether I wanted to run from that um, or not, it's 
it stays with me. I wake up in the middle of the night inspired. I'll have a, a melody. I'll have uh, lyrics. I'll have an idea for a movie. I'll have something. Something creative is always channeled through me somehow. Yeah. So I couldn't stop if I wanted to. Because the ideas, thankfully, are being bestowed upon me in such a way that it will be unfair for me to make share. Like, this isn't just given to me so I can stay home with it. Like, <laughs> uh, as people form of this idea, it, I've been given the push and the strength to be able to give that back. And that's the reward in itself. And um, as long as that keeps on happening, I, I'll never stop. That's that's cool. Where have you been able to pull, you know, for strength and support? Oh, that's that's all family. That's yeah. all family and close friends that have been in my life from day to 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 lift me up, to to check me when need be. Like I'm I'm 41, but my mother can still tell me like, "Hey, chill out." Like, <laughs> and I would still like jump like, "Okay, Smith, love you." And I'm thankful for that for reality checks when need be. And that's what's allowed me to sustain me being somewhat sane in this for so long. Yeah, yeah. And you've had uh, opportunities, obviously, to work with a lot of great people, a lot of great producers, including uh, Dr. Dre. Um, what type of things are you looking forward to? Uh, now, I've read a recent interview that you said you don't really have a bucket list, so to speak, when it comes to this. Um, but if you were to choose, you know, a few people um, kind of that you may aspire to work with in the future, do you have a, an idea of maybe a dream team? Um, I've, I, I did my bucket list so long ago. Wow. Like whatever that bucket list is supposed to do, it it already happened. Wow. I'm just enjoying living now, yeah. which is insane, but very, very true. Like I couldn't ever write down, oh, I wish I would work with my Jackson one day. That just needs to sound like a realistic goal. <laughs> like it just sounds like talk. Yeah. But it happened, and it happened when I was 22, 23 years old. And to have been able to to work ever since on so many incredible um, projects and be around so many incredible people. I didn't know that I would get to sing Winter Wonderland with Barack Obama and the first family um, at Christmas time. That was that was ridiculous. Right. I think my parents getting those phone calls and being a mother now and just trying to put in my head how what I'm doing makes them feel. Yeah. I can only continue to just take the blessings as they come, which is why I never want to say uh, what I would like to happen. Because what, what I would like to happen, my 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 bucket list was way like I don't know, like the low budget version of my actual life. It's <laughs> like my it was like my dreams on a budget. Yeah. So if I didn't say Michael Jackson, I'm saying, oh, I wish whoever you think is less than Michael Jackson, or oh, I hope I would work with Prince. Like you would never say that out your mouth, right? But I did. And then there's Earth, Wind, and Fire, and then there's Kay LeBron, and then I'm honoring Anita Baker, and right. then Dr. Dre is saying, look, whatever you want, come through. Let's do this hook for this person, and then Kendrick and this loop and Buster Rhymes and the game, and I, I could list the resume. It's 
it doesn't look realistic. Indeed. I don't know who else's resume or, you know, Wikipedia looks like mine. I know a lot of people in the world have done a lot of stuff, but the fact that I can check the same boxes that Quincy Jones did yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I feel too young to have done that. And I still feel like I haven't done everything yet. And I'm just looking forward to whatever that's supposed to be. And Nyla's mother is the greatest joy and the one thing that you wish for but don't know how it would ever happen. And that was the ultimate goal. Awesome. Awesome. So now you're... Nyla's mother is the number one job title. Wow. Wow. So now you'll be here in Dallas soon. What can we expect to um, experience at that at that uh, concert? Oh, you're going to be, you won't know what to do. You'll, you'll, you'll cry, you'll laugh, you'll want to go um, on several dates with whoever you met on that night. Or if you came with somebody, like, be prepared to make babies. Uh-oh. You know, 18 years from then, we're going <laughs> to see the kids graduate. I'm with yeah. <laughs> and you'll be bringing uh, Elle Varner with you? No, Leah Janae is actually going to be with me for, for, for this one. Okay. And um, she's a phenomenal artist. She was on before, 18 years old, and can sing like I don't even understand. I watch her set every night, and she's about to blow some heads off, too. So wow. I'm um, looking forward to coming back to the city again and uh, hopefully to share the stage with her. Awesome. Now, you said she's 18. Um, and so my last question was going to be, uh, you know, for people like herself, um, other young artists coming into this thing. Um, do you have any particular keys that you feel like um, they should know coming into the industry that will help them uh, to be able to create kind of a. You have, a yeah. You have to have a fearlessness about you and a resilience and uh, a no-holds-barred, I-can-do-anything attitude about what it is, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Because there can only be one you. And you don't have to carbon copy anything or conform to anything else that's going on. You really need to be and figure out who it is that you are before you get into this. Because once you're in it, if you haven't defined that moment, they'll define it for you. And then you have to claw your way out of this person that you no longer recognize or sound like or, mm. or anything and convince other people otherwise. Like, well, that wasn't me. And so, well, that's the you that I know. And fortunately, I'm one of very few black women in this industry that have been allowed. When I say allowed, I was allowed at a time to be overweight. I was allowed at a time to wear my natural hair. I was yeah. allowed at a time to just wear whatever the heck I wanted. It wasn't about um, the standard conformed image of what people were so used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And the power in that at the time, I took for granted because I was genuinely being myself. I was like, I don't know why this is such a big deal, but now I yeah you know, time has gone on, I was, I'm acknowledging, you know what, we did a lot for that time. And I'm thankful that I'm still able to do so. I'm still able to, to speak from my own perspective and 
deliver that to these young girls. Like Aaliyah Janae, who I, I watch every night share the stage with me, and she has that resilience, she has that fearlessness about her. And to be able to nurture that, because it's like you said, bringing up the first school, my nephew's there now. I was 18 years, years old on a stage somewhere trying to open to someone that I considered uh, a hero of mine. When I was 18, 19, I opened for boys to men or like not things like that that I got to do in the UK before right. anyone had ever heard of Marsha that did Is This Real that was playing basketball and singing and rapping and then I go missing for a couple of years and then do I open mic and there's poetry and poetry happens and then I'm shifted off into a whole other direction and I'm now late nights early morning friends and mothers and, and Nyla's mother Yes, and that's 20 plus years of work hard work and everything in between that and I think um, whoever's just trying to get into it I don't care if you're like really young or really old the age thing doesn't matter this is all about who you're attempting to deliver now yeah. if you weren't ready at 18 that's okay if you're 40 plus now if you're 50 plus like I'm ready now there's a place for you Wow. You're you. There's no other you. So just do that. That is so encouraging. Is there anything else that you want us to know about Marsha or um, about things that you may be working on now? No, I'm working on getting some food because I didn't eat yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that's on my mind. I'm like, oh my God, it's so scary. It's I had some tea and I said it's horrible. Oh, I see that. Oh, so. It's all good. I, uh, again, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for passing on your snack uh, to be able to talk to me for this time. Um, and I look forward to seeing you Baby, you still running these streets long as you come home to me.